Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. (laughs) You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. Oh, Emisha. This really is your episode today. I think I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready to talk about this. It might be hard, but we're going to do a little bit of something different this week. We're going to talk a little bit about a gut instinct. I know we talk a lot about guts, <laughs> leaky gut, gut health. a different kind of gut in terms of health, but we're going to talk about is your gut instinct. When you feel something, when you know something, when you just can't put your finger on it, you just, you go to sleep, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, ah, just doesn't feel right. It's called a gut instinct. And over the years, especially when I became a mom and Emisha became a mom, we would always ask, well, how are you going to know? Like, I remember going to Jody Lappin, our pediatrician here in Los Angeles. She's a wonderful doctor. Sorry if I call you too much, Jody. But I always remember saying, well, how am I going to know if he's going to, how, how am I going to know if, if he has a fever, if Brooks had a fever, his first fever? She goes, you're going to know. And I'm like, well, how am I going to know? She goes, first of all, when you put the back of his neck on your forearm, you're, you're, it's going to burn. So that's how you're going to know, but you're going to know. And I think what we want to talk about on this episode, and we've thought a lot about it over the past year, is that how do you know, what do you do? And we just want to tell you a little bit about what happened to Emisha and her family and how having that gut instinct, having it and then acting on it. I think we, a lot of us have it. We're in the wrong job. We're, we do something we don't like. We, oh God, it just doesn't feel right. But when it comes to your family and when it comes to your family's health, it is really important to follow that gut instinct. And I think that's really kind of how you want to tell your story. But yeah. it's almost a year ago. It happened. It's actually funny. I was thinking about that the other day that a year ago, I would sit and stare. We're talking about my daughter, Grace, who a year ago was five. She's now six. And I would look at her and I actually started right around Mother's Day looking at her and thinking that something bothered me about her eyes. 
And I would look at my husband, Mike, and I would say, do you see a difference? Do you, do you clock this like difference in her eye? And he would look at me and go, I don't see what you're talking about, but if it bothers you, take her to the doctor. And so I did just that because it just felt she has these really big symmetrical eyes. And one of them just seemed like almost a little more narrow. And I went to the doctor and I said, hey, you know, look, these eyes seem a little weird to me. And he said, you know, I don't see it either, but it could be that her cheek is swollen because, you know, she's probably got her six-year-old molars coming in. And, you know, that's probably what it is. And funnily enough, a couple of days later, she actually woke up in the middle of the night screaming in pain. And I grabbed Oragel that I happened to have and I like rubbed it inside her mouth. So I was like, oh, it must be those molars coming in. And I made a dentist appointment and I kind of just kept looking at her and like, no, this still bothers me. So I actually had gotten into a car accident. Someone hit my car and I called the doctor up and I said, listen, I'm perfectly fine, but I don't want to give my daughter a complex. I'm going to bring her with me and tell her that you need to check mommy out. And will you just look at her one more time so she doesn't think I'm crazy? I didn't know you went back. Mm -hmm. The I didn't know. I, I knew it was early that you started looking, but I didn't realize that you'd taken yeah, her back. Again. I was just I was just paranoid. I just something really threw me. And, you know, I took her to the eye doctor. The eye doctor said she was perfect. I made him run labs on her. So he just did a pinprick and did a CBC on her. And he said, no, everything is perfect. Every, her labs, her white blood cell count, he ran it and compared to compared it to her physical, you know, six months earlier. And he goes, look, her everything is perfect. He was like, she's a healthy kid. You know, there was no fever spike. There was nothing. Everything was great. And so it really was this like weird instinct I had. And I remember Mike going, I don't know what is bothering you. You just, she's fine. Like everything's fine. And it did, it bothered me. And, you know, to, to your point, Molly, like sometimes I think we, we can be crazy and we can be like, oh my God, like we can see something where there is nothing, but there's, there is this very weird internal gut feeling you have. And I just, no, like looking back on it a year later, I I definitely know deep down inside I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know what. And that's you always say this, and it's probably the best thing you say. It's one of the best things you say, I guess. It's um the not knowing is the hardest part because we didn't know at that point. I just something didn't feel right. And so, long story short, to 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 close the loop on it, you know, we went to the dentist, and she was lovely, and. She looked at her and goes, oh, this isn't, this isn't her teeth. She goes, this is her sinus. She goes, did she have a sinus infection? And I said, sure enough, yeah, she did back, you know, a couple months ago. She goes, oh, she probably has something, you know, that just didn't clear and she's got like some fluid in there. So she did a quick x-ray of her teeth, which captured her sinus. And she was like, look, her entire right sinus is full of fluid. She goes, you just need to go to an ENT and they'll drain it. So the next day we off, we went to the ENT and he took a look at the x-ray and he was like, well, I can't really clear this until I know what's blocking it. So you need a CT scan. And that was on June 23rd. Ironically enough, that was Mike's birthday. And so I remember going to the children's hospital here in New Jersey, Morristown, and sitting with her. And I, I, I just, there was a feeling I had and I watched her go into that CT machine and she was just oblivious and I think, I don't know if I was just living in denial, but I just knew somewhere deep down inside. And I took her to this toy store and ice cream shop right after. And we got home and I looked down at my phone and I had a message from the doctor. And he said, I need you to get on a telehealth visit. 
And Mike was on his way home and we were about to go to dinner for his birthday. And I get on the telehealth visit and he says, your daughter has a mass in her sinus. And it's cancer. And I don't want her to lose her vision. And I just remember closing the door to our guest room downstairs and sitting on the floor and just not really knowing what I was hearing. And I just kept saying, are you sure? And he started talking about what he saw on the scan. And, and I, he said, I can't, I need to refer you to CHOP, which is the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And they can take care of it. But what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to put her on an antibiotic and a prednisone, which is a steroid, just to take the swelling down. And from that point, you know, you'll, you'll get an appointment at CHOP and they'll take over. And so six days later, we got to CHOP. And her swelling had gone down. Like her eye was totally back to normal. And so. she, you have to also understand, this is a five-year-old. We both have five-year-olds. Well, now six-year-olds. Normal, normal, healthy. heart-willing, healthy, hemoglobin levels normal. There was no blood Everything. work, white blood, check, check. There was no headaches. There was no fever. There, there was, her coloring nothing. wasn't off. She wasn't sweating. She wasn't dehydrated. Like there was no. nothing. You look at this child and there was nothing. No, she was the picture of health. She was the absolute, that's the scariest part, I guess, is the picture of health. And that's, I think, what really, you know, our pediatrician to this day, we, we, he, she was in, there in the office the other day when her other sisters were getting her shots. And, and he just still gets a tear in his eye. And he, does, he just holds back his tears when, when we talk about it because he just was like, what did I miss? And I go, you missed nothing. There was nothing. You couldn't have seen it. And it was an instinct. Even her cheek was barely swollen. I mean, you would have had because you would she would send me pictures. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I don't really see it. But yeah, and you saw her. I mean, we we went out. We were with. We were together. I mean, once she once she was on that prednisone, we were together. And so he we went out to chop. And the guy, July first, it was the day before Maeve's birthday. He looked at her and he goes, "Listen, he's like, I don't think this is cancer. He goes, I don't know why this doctor told you that with a non contrast CT. This is." My guess is an infection. Let's finish the course of treatment. He goes, malignant tumors don't respond to medication. And let's just get better imaging and get a CT that has contrast and go from there. So, you know, the next day we went to Columbia and New York and had a scan. And that was, that ended up showing significant, it was the wrong scan, which is a whole other story. But they still captured her sinus. And what he saw was that it had visibly improved. So he you know, called and said, enjoy your summer. Let's just get better imaging, you know, towards the end of the summer. This is some kind of an infection that we need to get to the bottom of. We'll finish the course of treatment and and we'll figure it out and just relax. And you have to understand where she's at shops, probably the single best hospital for children mm -hmm. might say in the world. Yes, definitely. And he's, he was, is a leading pediatric ENT. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think there's ever any fault or blame or anything because it was you when you looked at her, you saw a really healthy child and there was no symptoms. There was nothing. She wasn't experiencing. And, and, and to, to be frank, her, as I mentioned, her counts were perfect. So her swelling came back a couple of weeks later. At that point, we did another round of imaging. And at that point, CHOP determined we needed to biopsy it. And on August 15th, she was diagnosed with B-cell acute lymphoblastic lymphoma, which is otherwise referred to as BALL. And it was the last thing I ever thought she would be diagnosed with. But if you're going to be diagnosed with a pediatric cancer, it's the one you want to be diagnosed with because it is, it's a, you know, 90% 
cure rate. She has handled treatment incredibly well. But ultimately, what it is, is we found it when we did because of an instinct. And while it does not impact her outcome, I really do believe it has been such a blessing in how she handled treatment because we came at it with a very healthy child. And so her first few months of being put through incredibly harsh chemos allowed her body to be strong enough to withstand it and not be hospitalized, not become neutropenic, which a lot of kids I've learned at this stage do, unfortunately. I mean, we were out of the hospital day nine and most kids, I, I met a mom, we, you know, one of the things we want to talk about is community. And I decided to share after we were kind of over the hard hump of our journey because I wanted other moms to know what we had gone through. And it's funny, my husband, who's not on Instagram, was like, what I think you found is this community of moms who there's there's power in in supporting one another. And I met a mom recently whose daughter was diagnosed a couple of months after after Grace, and she's eight years old and she lives in Long Island and she's got the exact same diagnosis. And, you know, it's there's a community in that and finding her story and my story and sharing it is there's a support in that. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was really important to share in this conversation was was the power of positivity. You know, we've we've talked about that before and we had Dr. Samantha Boardman on who talks about it in psychiatry. And I really do believe that we have been for one treatment out from her starting maintenance, which is insane and amazing. I asked them, I said, can she ring the bell? And they were like, well, it's a little cart before the horse. I was like, we're ringing the fucking bell. Yeah. We're ringing the bell. We're going to look good. We'll ring the bell twice. I, we are ringing the bell. This is definitely a milestone that we want to celebrate, but it's interesting. You and I are both positive people. And I think that we are, I know I'm a Pollyanna more often than I should be. I probably should be more depressive at times and not always look at the glass, always half full, but I do. This is something I think is so important. And I want to do research on this, even though I suck at science. There has to be something to be said about how she has handled chemo. Because there was a point, and that was, you know, one thing they made very clear to me where, you know, she will get so much chemo that her bone marrow and everything is she will be, it, it doesn't matter how healthy she started, she will be as depleted as any other child because she is is, is getting these dosages. But how sh- her physical reactions to it, you know, were so superhuman that I can only attribute the power of positive thinking and surrounding her with normalcy and positivity in this process that I think helped because we just kept going. We didn't marinate in it. We didn't like cry. Well, I think it was important. And, you know, your number one thing was I want her to have a normal life, as normal as she can during this time. And also, you know, you have to understand when one's going through it, you still have two other ones. You still have Mm -hmm. siblings that need to be taken care of, siblings that need to be nourished and loved and organized. And I think you did an incredible job, you and Mike, of setting that up 
really well. The other two girls were taken care of. You and Mike were on it in the beginning and then you switched off and you really, you know, made it where it didn't seem like she was sick, right? Yes, she ultimately ended up losing her hair in the end, but she didn't look sick even when she's drowning in chemo. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, let's feel sorry for her. No, it was like, you've got this, we're doing this, and what what do you guys want, pizza or chicken, right? So you never made it be like this bad thing in the room, which, you know, I think last summer when we were going down our each of our rabbit holes, it was like, how, you know, how, how, how you kept saying, how am I going to do this? And I said, it's time is going to pass and it's going to pass. Do you remember when I said that? Mm-hmm. I do. You're like, fuck. And it was so, (laughs) it felt so far in the beginning. When they, when they sit, sit you down and say, this is a two and a half year treatment. You're like, oh my God, two and a half years. And the fact is, is that the first 10 months are the really hard part. And it's, it is my life in the last, I'll probably have a nervous breakdown. So be, be mentally prepared for that. I will. But I actually... I cannot believe what I've gone through in the last 10 months. I can't. I really can't. I mean, it's. And I can't believe what my daughter has gone through. Forget me. I'm not the one that sits there and gets fucking poison put into my body, right? I'm not the one that gets needles put into a port. I'm not the one that gets propothal to be put under. I'm I'm just sitting there holding her hand and reading a book or scrolling Instagram. And I look at this kid and she just gets up and keeps going. And she actually just relishes how strong and tough she is. But I think she sees you doing that, right? So you don't, you're not sitting and crying and you're you're moving on. You're, the girls don't, you know, Maven, Lily don't, don't they know she's sick. They don't really have an understanding because we've, you've never made it like, oh my God, this is what's happening. Like, no, you just, you keep going. And I think that is if you can help other moms and dads and families in this situation as much as you can create some sort of normalcy because mm-hmm. it actually helps. A thousand percent. It actually a thousand helps. percent. Grace, but it actually helps everyone, the whole family, right? You keep going. Taylor Swift, let's go. Jealous, she got a box. I did not. <laughs> But I do. I think that's the, that's to me, like, if there's a takeaway, because, you know, listen, like at the end of the day, getting pediatric cancer is, it is rare, right? But we all have kids that have special needs or, or are going through something. So I think that we all are surrounded by situations like this. And I think, you know, my number one thing, if you have a friend or a family member that has gone through any of anything similar to this, it's, power of support and positivity that you can, you know, give to somebody and just being there and, you know, never being alarmist. That's like the, my pet peeve. Like I actually have this, this idea for a book, like dumb shit people say, because there are amazingly dumb shit that people say, but, you know, really being like positive, like positivity is, is so like, absolutely important. Like it's just that mind shift, right? It's like just being, being positive has so many health attributes, right? Like we know that, like there's science behind it. So if we know that fact and we have somebody that's going through some kind of illness, like we know that that has a positive impact on that individual, whether they're the ones going through it or they're supporting someone going through it. So I think that's like one important takeaway. 
And the other for me was really like, I do believe in the power of prayer and it doesn't matter what or who you believe in. I just believe in other people sending positive energy your way. And I, I, that was what really just made my heart burst every time I would open my DMs and I would see messages from people. I had no idea who they were and they would be like, we're praying for your girl. And again, that energy, that positive, that community that, and I listen, you know, when, when she was like, I'm doing it today. And I go, no, you're not. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to talk about it literally from like one day to the next. And, you know, we both, you know, were scared to talk about it, especially her. But at the same time, like, think about how, how many people you're helping and you can answer questions and you can DM and, you know, and I think that's why we wanted to come on today and kind of talk about the gut instinct, the mother's instinct, because it is, it is real. And I think, you know, the power of prayer, the power of positivity, the power of community is really real. And the power of the gut and knowing, but more importantly, knowing and not giving up. I think, you know, a thousand percent. I think you could have had a great summer last mm-hmm summer mm-hmm. and could have really not done anything. And again, would it have changed the course? I don't know. We'll never know. No, I mean, it, I don't think it would have. And you know, what's so funny. And I've saved sharing this with you because I knew we were doing this. I got an email from the doctor at Columbia who performed her biopsy. And he reached out to me and said, I know it's been almost a year. And I want to check on you and Grace and your family. But I also wanted to ask if I had your permission to share her study without sharing her name because the way you found her diagnosis is so rare. And I think there's an opportunity to save other kids. And there is the potential that other kids are being misdiagnosed with sinusitis and chronic sinusitis because what it was ultimately was lymphoma cells in her sinus, right? So it was, it could, he was like, this is a different way of finding it in children that is not necessarily the most common. And I just think, you know what? Like, gosh, like if, yes, share it. Share it. Let other share doctors know, know about it, you know, like, because that's exactly it. Like one mother's instinct can help, you know, hopefully if we help one other kid, be diagnosed early because that's the thing. I, I go back to that point is that I'm happy she was diagnosed early. Like I'm happy it was at this stage in her life because she is so young. Well, she'll never remember it. And she's getting into college and going to med school. So here we go. Yeah, she you has are. a very big obsession with all toys that are medical. She yeah. just got a medical doll yesterday. Dr. Grace a Gormley. throbbing fever. Dr. Grace Gormley. You are on call yeah. at Columbia University in New York City, which by the way, she will be because she's such a little badass. But thank you for sharing because it's so, you know, it's so deeply, deeply, deeply personal. But at the same time, to what M said, if we could help one child, help a family, help a mom. But when you know, you know. And that little feeling, just remember, don't be crazy, but, but acknowledge that, that, that feeling, that gut, and, and act on it. And you know, I think we know when we're crazy. We know when we're crazy. Yeah, it's better and to deep know. Deep down, we know when we're not. Yeah, it's better. It's better to know than not know. As much as you don't want to know, and that's what I kept telling her over and over all summer. It's better that we know than we don't know. 
what we know now yeah. is more than we knew last week is more than we knew yesterday. And it's yeah. true. There's a sense of control when you know. You're like, yeah. I can do this. A hundred percent. And, you know, there's no power. One... In not, there's there's the power in knowing. And that's mm-hmm. ultimately because then you've got a path. And I remember you telling me that you're going to have a path. You're going to have your path. You're going to have said, a path. Okay. You're going to you're going to have a schedule. Have a plan. You're going to have a plan. I, I'm 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 a sims tuber. I love a plan. I love knowing. But you guys feel free to reach out to us on social media, on DMs. We'll try, you know, to help in any way that we can. I try to answer as many of those messages as I can because I did get a lot initially, especially of like, what made you, that was the number one thing. What made you push harder? And I guess the only thing I can say is my gut. Your gut. I got your gut. Well, I love you and your mother's gut <laughs> and your mom and your mom and your mommy instinct. All right. Well, I love you. Sorry. This Gracie wasn't our normal. You. This wasn't our normal episode, people, but we just wanted to share. It's an important one. It's an important one. And I'm it glad. Really is. I'm glad we, we did. So thank me you too. for letting me share. I love you. I love you. You guys follow us at Lipstick on the at Lipstick on the Rim. That will make us even happier. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Amisha Gormley. We are always so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim or my website where we just dive a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and much, much more on mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. A special thanks to my team, Elizabeth Tawfield, Schaefer Carrillo, Ken Ryan, and Anna Sessions and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.